0: Hi, this is Brooke Boscovich, and today we'll be mapping sperm health on the 15 Minute Matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist, and your host. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Brooke Voskovich. Brooke Boscovich is a registered dietitian nutritionist, a functional and integrative practitioner, the founder of The Fertility Dietitian, and the creator of the Master Your Fertility and Foundations for Optimizing Your Fertility programs. The Master Your Fertility program is individualized to each couple's fertility journey, meeting them where they are and working with their bodies to optimize fertility. She takes a deeper look at hormone balance, digestive wellness, and nutrient status to support overall health and redirect the body's focus to reproductive function. This integrative program includes five pillars, nutrition, exercise and movement, sleep, stress, and environment. Brooke is passionate about women's health and fertility and has helped dozens of women with irregular cycles, PCOS, unexplained infertility, endometriosis, and other fertility struggles regulate their cycles and take home healthy babies. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Hi,
0: Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: So I know, Brooke, that you are passionate about women's health and fertility, and we fortunately have several podcasts on the topic, but today we get a moment to talk about sperm health and men's fertility, and I'm so excited to dive into that with you today. Should we start out by just talking about what sperm is?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea.
1: I mean, sperm is a, a super important
0: piece to the puzzle when it comes to conception, as, as I'm sure you all know, but it's contributing 50% of that DNA that is so, so important for successful conception to be able to take place and for really a, a healthy baby to be able to be
1: born. I'm always curious about what nutrients are in sperm. Like, what's the makeup? Is it protein? Are there B vitamins? What's happening in the sperm itself?
0: Yeah, in the sperm itself. I mean, there's definitely fluid involved and electrolytes. There's definitely proteins involved as well. I mean, the nutrients that go into the programming of the DNA of the sperm include things like folate and B12 and B6, and then lots of other little micronutrients like zinc and selenium are, of course, really, really important for the whole maturation process of healthy sperm as well.
1: That's so good to know because I'm assuming that'll come into how we think about supporting male fertility. Are there things in life triggering events that impact the health or the quality of the sperm that when you're working with a male partner you're speaking into?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, stress, of course, is an overarching kind of trigger for impairing that health of the sperm. And You know, stress can come from a variety of areas from anywhere from what's going on with the immune system or the gut, you know, what's going on with just the amount of food and and nutrition that's being consumed or even just being able to be digested and absorbed in that hopefully healthy gut environment. Stress can uh, lead to more oxidative damage that can be happening and damaging the DNA as that sperm is trying to mature. So that's definitely where our antioxidants in diet come in to help and kind of protect that sperm health as it matures.
1: And are there factors like, is it a myth that certain kinds of exercise or Areas that are putting pressure on the scrotum are impacting sperm health? Oh, it's definitely
0: not a myth at all.
1: So... Having tight clothes can be
0: damaging to the sperm and how it's maturing over the spermatogenesis period, which is that sperm maturation period. And that takes about 75 to 100 days for sperm to fully mature. So exposures during that time or the environment that the scrotum essentially is in can definitely impact the maturation of that sperm. So heat is another one. Heat and restriction are, are pretty big barriers to healthy sperm. Exercise can definitely play a role too. So if we're over exercising or doing a lot of like high intensity exercise, that can definitely be a stress on the body. Taking away the resources in the form of nutrients and and energy that are required to help that whole spermatogenesis process. So exercise definitely makes a difference. I mean, movement can be helpful and supportive, but we can also overdo it too.
1: Yeah. So important to point out. I kind of want to back us up a bit and just think like, we keep using this term healthy sperm. Is that based on the makeup of the sperm and also motility? Are there other factors that when we say, quote unquote, healthy sperm, we're considering? We're definitely
0: considering the parameters that we think about in a standard sperm analysis. So that would include count or number of sperm, motility, which is how that sperm is moving or swimming, and then morphology, which is the shape of that sperm, as well as DNA fragmentation. So DNA fragmentation is not something that's typically tested in a standard sperm analysis. It's typically something that needs to be requested. As an add on, a barrier to being able to test DNA fragmentation is that the lab is able to do it. So that can be a little bit tricky. But DNA fragmentation is actually looking at damage that is done to the DNA or breaks in that DNA that can be happening despite there being enough sperm and despite even the shape of the sperm and the swimming or motility of the sperm being appropriate. So it's definitely an important parameter. So when I talk about health of sperm, I'm really talking about that whole picture and all of those parameters.
1: And are there certain labs that do the DNA fragmentation? Yes,
0: there are a number of fertility clinics that are able to do the DNA fragmentation. Another option is an online service. So Give Legacy is one that I use a lot because you can mail it in. They're able to secure the sample in a way that sperm is still viable to get to the lab for testing, Um, For reliable results, there. So, if you, your doctor or your fertility clinic is not able to do that DNA fragmentation test upon request, that's another option is to use an online service.
1: That's a great pearl there that we can link to in the show notes. So, you talked about the number of sperm, the motility, and the morphology. Are there things that your clients, patients, are looking for in terms of a baseline where they want to be in relation to each of those. Definitely.
0: So when we think of normal, I'm using quotations, sperm parameters, that's really based on averages that the WHO or World Health Organization puts out there and those standards are pretty low. So I don't use those quote unquote normal standards because the research definitely shows that rates of conception and rates of being able to carry to term and have a healthy baby are improved with more optimal sperm levels. So optimal levels for sperm count, we're looking at at least 48 million per milliliter versus the WHO normal standards. 15 million per milliliter is considered normal.
1: Did you say 15 and you're looking at 48? (laughs) That's so good. Correct, (laughs) so It's kind of amazing. I mean, it's true of all lab markers, but that really points to how low we can go as average.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So it's crazy. And when we look at morphology, like the normal is considered 4%, and that means that only four out of 100 sperm have a normal shape. So that's low. So more optimal levels there. I really look at having a higher than 12% morphology is more optimal. Definitely better rates of having a healthy baby around there.
1: And what determines motility? Do those factors contribute to sperm motility? They can. Yes,
0: definitely. So the morphology or the shape of this sperm, um, if you have abnormally shaped sperm, that could mean that they have two tails or they have two heads, or maybe they're a little crooked. And that definitely makes a difference in how that sperm is able to swim and navigate to the egg. So For motility, we definitely want around like 63% or more for optimal levels of motility. And when we compare that to the WHO standards, normal motility is considered about 40%. Mm,
1: So interesting. I'm curious when we go into the central part of the matrix, and you covered so many bases with the gastrointestinal function and the immune function and the environmental inputs, the oxidative stress, where do the hormones come into play in terms of sperm quality?
0: Yes. So males have estrogen and testosterone. Well, I mean, I think we all know that they have testosterone, but estrogen also plays a really important role in the maturation and health of sperm as well. So Really, when we think about healthy body, like healthy brain communication and being able to communicate to the reproductive system, we're talking about making sure that our body is in a place to be able to produce those hormones and just feel safe enough to support the production of those hormones in order to support like sperm maturation. And I think something that most couples don't realize is that both low And high hormones impact sperm negatively. So if they have high testosterone, that can negatively impact sperm maturation and vice versa. Low testosterone can negatively impact that process as well. And same with high and low estrogen for men. I I see often, I actually just met with a couple where the male has low estrogen and that is definitely playing a role in the health of his sperm currently. So we work on the whole, really the whole matrix (laughs) to make sure that we're supporting the body to support that hormone production.
1: Yeah, I have so many questions for you. And my first one is about, do we care about sperm for anything else other than fertility or Are we having a fertility conversation when we're talking about sperm? Does anybody care about their sperm other than for fertility? I mean, unfortunately, it seems like people
0: don't unless they're talking about fertility. But it's really a sign of of optimal health. If our body's not able to support that reproductive system for both men and women, there's something up and our body is sending us messages that, it's time to pay attention and hopefully figure out like, what is that barrier that is preventing my body from being able to support fertility?
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And before we get to the how to, I think that we're all more familiar as clinicians with the emotions and the impact, the stress and impact that fertility challenges can have on the female. What do you see is happening emotionally for the male partner when they're having these challenges with their sperm health?
0: Yeah, it's really, really similar. And and sometimes I see that it is even more isolating, like for women, it can feel so, so isolating, but there are more like support groups for women um, that are facing infertility than there are for men out there. The support is definitely lacking in that area. Um, men have a harder time talking to their friends about things like that as well. I think even if, if women have like, a, they're not comfortable talking about it with their in-person friends like, can find friends online a lot easier than um, men can. So it's, there's definitely a stress there from the lack of support and even lack of education around sperm health and what to do in order to improve it. I think, unfortunately, the conventional medicine approach is to like quickly push couples down what I call the conventional fertility protocol and, and just... Start using like interventions, which can be so, so helpful and important for building a family, but way more stress (laughs) that's added to the plate that might not be necessary or the approach that's going to make the difference for a couple. So, definitely a big impact on emotions and therefore increasing that stress load with the process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that isolation is really key. I can imagine, I mean, men are often. Less apt to speak about their challenges openly, if I can make a gross generalization there and admit that I am, but then not having that opportunity to really work through it and have community in working through it. So, speaking about working through it, can you bring us through some of your top recommendations for starting to fortify sperm health?
0: So With diet, like we're really talking about a lot of colorful produce. So, getting our antioxidants in is so, so important. Some specific ones for sperm health, we're looking at our antioxidants like lycopene, which are found in our red produce primarily. so tomatoes, for instance, are really high in lycopene and helpful for supporting sperm. But then things like fatty fish, really supportive of sperm health as well, are foods that are rich in zinc. so things like shellfish and seafood are really good options for zinc as well as some nuts and seeds. Selenium is really, really important. So, fish and shellfish again is helpful there. Um, Brazil nuts can help you get your selenium in as well. And then, some kind of lifestyle recommendations that we cannot forget about are good quality sleep. Like, sleep is so important. And I women have trouble with sleep, but men have a lot of trouble with sleep as well. And I I don't think that's talked about very much, but I'm sure you all are familiar with like sleep quality is so important for overall health and really like everything we talk about in the matrix, as far as a foundation of health goes, and it makes a big difference for sperm quality as well.
1: Huge. I always say the non-negotiable trifecta includes sleep, poop, and blood sugar balance. If those aren't in play or there's imbalances there, it's hard to build a top. So sleep, so much you shared there about nutrition and you already had talked a bit about exercise and movement and stress and the relationships. Does hydration play a role in sperm?
0: Yes, definitely. The volume piece of sperm is important as well and and hydration status can definitely impact that piece. So The sample or the amount of sperm that is contained within the volume is important. So, electrolytes, uh, making sure we're not skimping on minerals as well as just clean water. A good water source is definitely important for sperm health as well.
1: Beautiful. Brooke, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wish all clinicians knew about sperm or sperm health to help us with the people we're supporting?
0: just that it matters and it doesn't matter if they have a child or have had a child previously or if the female is getting pregnant. Like Sperm health matters to decrease risk of miscarriage and to support development of baby through pregnancy and even for that healthy baby once it is born. So Huge impact. I mean, sperm has a huge impact on way more than conception. So I think that's something that we cannot forget about. So much blame is put on the female herself. And if the male had a healthy sperm analysis or quote unquote normal, sperm parameters at one point in his life, it's kind of thought that he is not playing a role, but that's not true at all because that's spermatogenesis process. And the quality of that sperm can turn over about every hundred days. So that's not very long. So definitely pay attention to male fertility as well.
1: So good, Brooke. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from you today and I really appreciate the work you're helping couples find fertility.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: The 15 Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your client's issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.